0: Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski.
1: And I am Kimberly Regalinski.
0: And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at Keep at LocalMain.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Deirdre Fry from Vet at Your Door. Deirdre earned a B.S. in operations research and industrial engineering from Cornell University. After working for a few years as a computer programmer, she decided to fulfill her lifelong dream of becoming a veterinarian. She obtained her doctorate in veterinary medicine from the University of Pennsylvania, and in 2011, she achieved her other lifelong dream of living in Maine. She started Vet at Your Door in 2015 in order to create a low-stress, high-quality veterinarian experience for her pets and their parents in the comfort of home, while also providing a top-notch work experience for her incredible staff dr Fry lives in Carabasset valley, Maine, with her husband, three children and standard poodle, Greta. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Weather is getting warmer and it's project planning season, which means you should call Maine Commercial Contracting, your locally owned choice for residential and commercial services in Southern Maine. They'll be there for that new driveway, walkway, or excavation for your home and for your business with parking lot paving, road milling, heavy hauling, and competitive commercial pricing. So when you need your project done right and on your timeline, get a hold of the company with the appetite for excellence and the skills to see it through. Call Maine Commercial Contracting at 207-391-0540 for a free estimate or find them online at maincommercialcontracting.com.
1: Welcome to the show, Deirdre. We're so glad to have you here today. Well, thanks for having me. It's an honor. This is great. So can you tell us what is Vet at Your Door and what was your inspiration in starting this business?
2: Sure. So Vet at Your Door is a house call veterinary practice um, that serves much of Maine. And we do wellness services, sick visits, hospice care, acupuncture, and euthanasia all in Mm -hmm. the comfort of home. Mm -hmm. And so I was inspired by many things, I think, to Mm -hmm. start this business. I started it in 2015, and I was super burned out, I guess, in Mm -hmm. general practice. I had three little kids at the time, or actually two little kids at the time, Mm -hmm. a third sort of on the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was sort of having trouble with the 15-minute appointments and oftentimes several Exam rooms were booked and I was really having trouble witnessing that human animal bond that we, Mm. you know, all fell in love with as kids, you know, like that, that I fell in love with as a kid that made me want to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And it was just really hard to witness it because the animals and the people were so stressed. Mm-hmm. um, in the veterinary office, you know, there's definitely the dog that will be happy doing no anything just as long as mm-hmm. there are people around. But a lot of cats and many dogs do get stressed in the veterinary office, as I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And, um, I just was really having a hard time and kind of questioning why I went into this field in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I looked around and not, it wasn't just me. Um, mm-hmm. the veterinary industry has, you know, very high incidence of anxiety, depression, suicide Mm -hmm. were Mm -hmm. about four times more likely to die by suicide than other professions. And so I was witnessing this and seeing this in our industry. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, we're Mm -hmm. all a bunch of nice people who love animals, you know, why are we so miserable? And so I just was like, "What, what could I do to kind of go back and start to fall in love with this profession again, Mm. Um, a way that I could really witness the human-animal bond again, um, really enjoy my job, and then also solve this challenge of these really stressed-out animals and owners Mm -hmm. in the veterinary practice. And so that's where I got directed towards house call. And it's Mm -hmm. by no means a new concept. I mean, Mm. way back when, that's how human medicine happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were a couple of house call veterinarians doing it. And I just decided to give it a go. And so I did it. And, you know, it was really amazing. I absolutely loved Mm -hmm. it because just by the nature of coming into the home, people get to know you better, and you get to know them better. And the longer I do this, the more I realize that it's mostly about the people Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, the animals as well, but it's a lot about the people. And when you can really truly form a bond with them, Mm. um, you can really practice your best medicine and um, the animal benefits the most. Yeah. And so I just absolutely loved it. And I wanted to not only just have me. So I was happy because I could really make my own schedule because I was working out of my home. Mm -hmm. And so with my kids, I could, you know, pick them up from school or get be there at the school bus or drop them Mm -hmm. off at an appointment, and I could just sort of schedule around that. And that was really an amazing thing as far as my stress level went. Mm. And so I really wanted to be able to offer this to other veterinary staff members. So not only veterinarians, but also veterinary staff, you know, veterinary technicians, veterinary assistants, um, receptionists, etc, you know, are all suffering from these same issues of burnout. And so Mm -hmm. I really wanted to grow it for those reasons, as well as to be able to offer it to more families throughout Maine, mm-hmm. so that they could enjoy this way of practice where that's everybody great. is sort of less stressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> um, that's great. And so, yeah, I ju- I just have grown it since 2015, mm-hmm. and you know we now have a, have six doctors throughout Maine and soon to be eight. And wow. um, yeah, we're just growing, and and the response has just been incredible. It's fantastic.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Now, yeah. the first question that I would have, I guess, is kind of a logistical question. Where do you kind of run up against the limitations? Because I imagine there are some limitations of, yes. of doing a, you know, a home visitation service. How often do you run up against those limitations, and and kind of what are those?
2: Yeah. So we can't do everything, um, <laughs> or you know, it it just. By the nature of being in the home, we don't have a big surgical suite, for example, that mm-hmm. we can use. So we do work with many hospitals throughout Maine, what I call brick and mortar hospitals, which are the regular kind of veterinary mm-hmm. practice and we've developed wonderful relationships with them and with many of them. And so what we'll do is we will work with them to either you know, send them for surgery to these practices, or if somebody has a veterinarian that they love that works at a brick and mortar practice, then they will just continue using them. Um, for things like surgery when their animal's really sick they need and they need to be hospitalized they'll sometimes use those veterinarians for for that and then we also for x-rays for example we utilize our partner hospitals to basically just have the owner drop off their dog or cat and then the brick and mortar hospital will take, the x-rays, and then they'll email them to us. So we get to basically keep the case, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and interpret the x-rays. So we have really great relationships with those hospitals, many hospitals throughout Maine, where we have this relationship.
0: So that's great. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome that you've managed to right. build those relationships and and the business itself right, in, yeah. in that short amount of time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The response has been incredible.
0: That's great. Um so the the second thing I really wanted to ask about is uh, because you've had a really interesting journey to where you are now. So in just kind of reading your biography and things and you you went from from engineering to veterinarian. Now, yes. How how did that all happen?
2: Yeah, so I went to college thinking I wanted to be a vet. So I've really wanted to be a vet my whole life and I went to college, I was pre-vet. And the classes were just the college that I went to was a big college, and the classes that I went to were enormous. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I got weeded out; like I didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was also probably partaking in too much social activity as well at the time. I'll say, is that a nice no. way of saying it?
0: I, I cannot believe I that cannot that would even. In college. No, never, never. <laughs> My goodness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, and so I just really didn't do well. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get into vet school with these grades. And so I really was sad about it. But then I was like, you know what? I also really love computers. I love math. And I love building things. And so I looked around at the different majors of what I could maybe do, and this operations research and industrial engineering degree was there and engineering by no means was a cakewalk, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was a change. You know, it was something that it wasn't necessarily something I had thought about doing, but then the more I thought about it, the more I really loved it. I loved finance. I loved business. And a lot of these concepts that you learn with this type of engineering, Mm -hmm. um, logistics, efficiency, things like that really just played to my brain. And I absolutely loved it. And so when I graduated, I got a job actually as a computer programmer in a consultancy called Sapien Corporation. And I learned so much. It was like right during the dot-com boom, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, playing ping pong, you know, down the hall in between coding and, nice. and stuff like that. And it was just so fun. And, and it was really young company and really smart people. I learned a lot about process and how to accomplish projects and talk to different businesses about what they wanted to build. And then I learned to code as well, pretty well. And so with the dot-com boom came the dot-com bust, and I got laid off um, Mm -hmm. after a few rounds eventually. And it was the best thing that ever happened because it really allowed me time to rethink what I wanted to do. And it just kept coming back To veterinary medicine. And I just love animals. I couldn't get away from it. And so I decided to take some post baccalaureate classes. And I did really well. And it was like, when I actually had the interest and the focus, which Mm -hmm. I did not have in the beginning of my freshman year in college, (laughs) I just fell in love with biology and all of the Mm -hmm. sciences and Mm. to see how it related to living things. It just was a really powerful thing. And I found that I was really, really good at it when I actually had the focus and attention on it. And so I applied to vet school and I got in and that's the story.
0: Wow. It is such, it's so always so interesting to me that because I, I've, I had a similar story in college of not, not nearly as good as yours because veterinary science and engineering were both way beyond me, but, <laughs> but the whole idea of not quite focusing quite as much as I could have. Right. And then later on kind of realizing like, oh, if I apply myself to certain things, oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. It, it does work out. Exactly. I, I think that's crazy how, but you can miss that opportunity if you're not paying attention,
2: you can, you can. And I think a lot of people lose confidence in themselves when Mm -hmm. they fail at something like that, Mm -hmm. or just don't get it quite right. Or they do feel weeded out and it's defeating. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to realize if you put your mind to it, you can do it, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. you can find interest in it, which makes you want to do it more. You know, Mm -hmm. you just have to sort of get to that mental point, I think, to really be focused and motivated. And it's it's hard For to sure. get there. But once you're there, it's like you're hooked. So right. yeah. and I will say, too, I mean, everything I learned. Um, so I'm talking about things like logistics and business and finance and mm-hmm. all of those things that I learned in college. I use those like still every day. And yeah. also that first job I had at Sapient, like I use that stuff every day to manage my team, to make us most efficient, to use technology, mm-hmm. to build things that might not be there yet, a piece of software I could buy, like some stuff just doesn't exist yet. So, okay, I'll build it myself, you know? It's fantastic. <laughs> so I would say anything in computers or business, like, and I'm sure other things too, but just anything like that, like if you're an entrepreneur, like you will use that, those skills for the rest of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So can you tell us, you know, what are sort of the differences that you see in animals that are treated at home rather than in a vet's office,
2: I would say the stress level is much less, and yeah. I think that has to do with just they they have very good noses, animals, mm-hmm. and they know what's going on when they go into a veterinarian mm. veterinarian's office. And when they're at home, they're just in their favorite place, and so they're they're much less stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think it's just that the owner is less stressed, so they're not mm-hmm. waiting in the waiting room or they're not worried about their dog interacting with another dog in the waiting room or whatever it is. So animals definitely pick up on that. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that makes everybody less stressed as well. And then not to mention the veterinarian who doesn't have, you know, two other exam rooms going on right now. They can just focus on this one person, this one animal, you know, mm-hmm. or multiple animals if there's many at the same time. But, you know, it just really lends itself to just having a, a lower stress, more, I guess, intimate mm-hmm. experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um And it's often times where we're, you know, having a cup of tea with the, with the, with the owner and just kind of hanging out. And I think Mm -hmm. the animals just tend to be a lot, a lot less stressed in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really nice.
0: Yeah. You don't wind up with the, the back weighted cat carrier where the, the cat is trying to meld into the back wall. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or sprouting things at every orifice that happens a lot as well (laughs) (laughs) when they're in the carrier.
0: Yeah, so, that too.
2: Yeah. So one of the
1: reasons actually we reached out to you too was because we actually utilized your services. Um, yeah. With our dog Mia. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and that was Kim is a Kim is not a fan of of vet offices. So yeah, when we when it came time for uh, for Mia's goodbye, that was kind of a, a non negotiable. For yep. us, that it had to be, it had to be as strict because she, she didn't even like. She was like the the dog that did not even like car rides, hmm. which was bizarre because before that we had another dog who we couldn't get out of the car. Right, he would actually, ins- he wouldn't leave the car. We would have to leave him out in the out in the truck with the windows down, and he would just hang out there for about an hour until I'd go out and say, okay. T- Time's up. Let's go. Right. He'd he'd finally get out of the truck. Okay, fine.
2: Right, right. But he
0: hated going in the car. So even just the trip to get into the car would already stress her out, let alone getting into a vet's office. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it was, you know, it was a really good experience that we had, um, you know, utilizing your services, having you come into the home. And, you know, we couldn't imagine doing it any other way. Um, Yeah doing yeah. saying those goodbyes any other way knowing that they're comfortable in their own home in there with their people you know what i mean in that's their right. surroundings so yeah we just uh, can't say enough good things about just that experience that we that we had with your company
2: well that's so nice to hear yeah. and i agree with you i think it i think euthanasia especially is just such a wonderful you know it's such a wonderful way to let them go you know mm-hmm. it's it's just so hard It's, it's so stressful to make that decision and to kind of have that relief from not having to stress them out at the end to bring them in is, is Mm -hmm. just really, really nice. And I mean, it's such a difficult thing to let an animal go, but you know, you're, you're giving them that final gift of just a low stress, no pain, um, ending for sure
0: to change gears, how, uh, this is obviously everything has been different over the last year and a half with COVID. And especially, I imagine, any kind of business where you're going into people's homes. Mm. So how has the last year and a half kind of changed your business or or how you do business?
2: Yeah. COVID threw us for a loop. That I'm Mm. not going to lie. You know, when you think about everybody is batting down the hatches and staying inside and not wanting to be around anyone, and here we are, a house call veterinary practice. Like, how's that going to keep working? You know? Mm. (laughs) Yeah how's that going to work? And so it was tough. It was really, really stressful, I think, for everybody. And, you know, I remember having a zoom meeting with everyone and just like breaking down and being like, I will figure out a way if you aren't comfortable going into people's homes, like I totally get it. You know, but if if you decide to stay like we will figure this out, you know, mm-hmm. like we will try to figure this out. And to my staff's credit, not a single person left. Wow. Like They were just so committed to the animals, so committed to the owners. And it like brings tears to my eyes even now, like to think of the loyalty of, of and bravery of the staff to just keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And so we we did it. You know, we invested in PPE. I got everybody these like Arctic Tundra Um, jackets, you know, Mm -hmm. for the winter, because we did a lot of visits outside. We did a lot of prep work. So we, we sent pre exam questionnaires to try to get as much information as possible to try to have those conversations ahead of time, Mm -hmm. um, with the owners so that we didn't have to actually spend too much time around them, you know? Mm. Um, and for a practice that really prides itself on like developing those true connections, like, Mm. I feel like we still did a pretty good job, you know, Mm. like we still achieved our mission and it's really a testament to the amazing staff that we have that they just kept going. And, Mm. um, you know, despite the crazy main winter, despite the pandemic, I mean, it, it was like, they're just amazing. And so, you know, we, we gratefully, and I'm knocking on wood right now, like we haven't had any COVID transmission either from a client to us or from us to a client. And I think it's because we have such great protocols in place mm-hmm. um, for things like euthanasia, like it is tough because, you know, we're huggy type people, <laughs> like we mm-hmm. like to be around people. And so to try to keep your distance is sometimes really hard. Mm. Um, But I do feel like we still convey that empathy and we feel it, you know, and that's all that matters, I think. Yeah. Um, Mm. So it's been it's been a tough road. And not to mention that everybody, I think that I can think of got a pandemic puppy (laughs) (laughs) or some sort of animal. (laughs) And so it's like trying to fit all those people in. And this is an industry wide problem. Yeah. Um, but like trying to fit those people in is was really tough. COVID from an industry perspective for us really put all of all of our industry's issues in a pressure cooker mm-hmm. because all of a sudden we had less staff and we could see less people because of all the, you know, protocols and everything like that, and less staff because people were out or people just left because they had to be home with their children or whatever. And then you have more animals there as well because of all these pandemic animals that people got. And so it was just sort of this like really stressful Mm. um, time. And I think we were somewhat shielded from that just because we can only be in one place at one time. Mm -hmm. And so I think we really tried to, you know, keep our boundaries in check during COVID. And Mm -hmm. I think in the end, we still have a happy staff, you know, like we still have people who love their jobs and you know I think we're sort of priming ourselves for for growth just because we've we're still intact I guess mm-hmm. um and yeah. not a skeleton crew etc
0: those boundaries are so important for sure. when you're when you're self-employed or a mm-hmm. small business just mm-hmm. to know where your personal limitations are and yeah. what the limitations of your business are for sure to make it's sure that true. you're not burned out
2: yeah mm-hmm. and I am like you know every day that is my goal is to like check in and just make sure people are okay. Because if our staff is not okay, we will do a terrible job, you know? And it's like, you can't do a good job unless you're mentally healthy,
0: you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. Um,
2: and it's a really big mission of mine to just make sure everybody's okay. And not just mm-hmm. because... I don't want them to do a terrible job. It's because I want them to be okay as people. Like that Mm -hmm. is my goal, you know, to like make this sustainable for people, Mm -hmm. make this a model that works for veterinarians and veterinary staff to be Mm -hmm. able to live a well-balanced life, still get paid well, and be able to go home when they're supposed to go home. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not too much to ask. And um, I really think we need to get there as an industry. And so we're paving the way. Yeah,
1: And that just boils down to good leadership. So you have to pat yourself on the back because you know, it trickles down.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. You know, and I think that I, I've always hired awesome people, (laughs) you know, it's like, I, I feel like our culture is so super important and that is part of our culture. It's, it's like the blood that runs through our culture here is, is like, take care of each other. It's the golden rule, you know, like treat others as you want to be treated. You know, it's not hard, but it is, you know, it seems like it's hard for a lot of people to really live that Mm -hmm. for whatever reason in veterinary practices. That's great. So
1: what are, what are some of the tips that you'd give people to help make life better for their, for babies?
2: I would say, you know, exercise is super important. So I think a lot of behavioral issues sort of stem from that. And, you know, I know it's hard, especially in weather like this, like where it's hard to get outside, but even, you know, five or 10 minutes can just really make their whole day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So really trying to get them out and get them exercised will make them better animals and happier animals. And then really to try to keep them on the lean side throughout their lives. I think is super important. I see so many hospice animals, a lot of them, you know, pretty much any, for example, Labrador who's 13 is going to have arthritis, right? It just, Mm -hmm. it just happens. But if you keep them lean throughout their lives, it will be less, you know, Mm -hmm. and their lives really are improved in the long run. If you try to keep them on the lean side, even though I know it's hard, Mm -hmm. but, um, so, again, exercise and just keeping a handle on the food and treats and things like that um, with a balance, of course, with, mm-hmm. you know, having some yummy treats now and then. That's yeah. okay.
0: but
1: We're in trouble, Todd.
0: Uh, yeah. Kim and I are <laughs> <behind> <laughs> looking at each other because our cat – well, no, we're doing all right. Cause we're doing better. We, we we got a cat a couple of years ago. Yeah, I res- a rescued. A couple of years ago. And she was she was morbidly obese. When we adopted water, her. And nice. we've managed to – She was to, a
1: cartoon figure.
0: Yes, she was. She was. She was a bowling ball with a tail and a head. Really,
1: (laughs) she literally was. Oh um, my gosh!
0: And so we've managed to put her on a diet, which she's not happy about. Right. And she's down. She's. She's. We actually, she's eliminated about a third of her body weight at Mm -hmm. this point. Oh, that's awesome! Good job. But she is the laziest cat. She will not
1: exercise. The only exercise she does is to chase a treat. (laughs) If you throw it down the hallway. That's the only (laughs) other reason better to exercise. Well, that's good at least.
2: I mean, (laughs) so they do. There are lots of cool things that that are, I don't know if you've heard of these things, but like there's lots of great ways for cats to like get their exercise in. And one of them is this feeder where you put, you actually put their food in these little mice and you hide oh. them throughout your house. So it's like they have to work to like get their food. So for very food motivated animals, it can be actually very helpful because it encourages them to like have to forage for their food. Hmm. So anyway, there's lots of cool little things, you know, laser pointers to try to get them to run around. And yeah,
0: she, she, she don't
2: buy that. No. Yeah, she's, she's not cool <laughs> with that. Right. She's too smart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she She's very much the queen of the castle. And just yeah, bring, it, sounds like bring it to me, my subjects. <laughs> However, it is, is funny that you mentioned that it. It kind of sounds like basically what every human should be doing: like get a little exercise, <laughs> right? With, I know. And <laughs> on the lean side, and it's like so. Basically, what we should be doing for ourselves, exactly, <laughs> is what yes. we ought to be doing for the pets. Yeah,
2: you know totally that's a good mantra. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> yep. So one of the questions we always like to ask, because there's usually is a very different answer for every person, is how do you define success, either personally or professionally?
2: I think it's. Having happy people around you and happy people that you're serving. So Mm -hmm. I think if you are working with people who like what they're doing and like working with you, and then you have your customers who like working with you as well and appreciate your value, then I think that that is success. Mm. And I think ultimately having some sort of meaning in both the people around you, their lives, as well as the people that you're serving, mm. you know, that that you're having some sort of impact yeah. um, and helping them in some way. I think that is a measure of success for me. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure.
1: So we are also, this is selfish, we're inspiration junkies. So we, we do like to ask this question, who or what inspires you?
2: That's a good question. And I know this is sort of maybe trite, but my mom, (laughs) Mm. Um, and the reason for that is because she was, you know, I grew up in a great household and we had five kids and my dad is a wonderful dad. He did have to travel a lot. So a lot of Mm -hmm. the times my mom was home alone with all of us and she also ran a school And basically built the school from the ground up. And so she really did an amazing job at the balance, you know, like Mm. somehow she built this amazing school, but then also was always there for us kids. And so Mm -hmm. for me, as my children are raised, you know, and grow up, I want them to see a mother who can do both things, you know, and Mm -hmm. hopefully both things pretty well, So be able to have a very satisfying career life and then also have a very satisfying home life. And Mm. I mean, granted, some days I do not do either thing well, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, you know, when when it comes to being inspired, it's like, you know, what would what would mom do, you know, in this situation? And so it just really helps with the balance. And I think just also wanting to be a good person and to try to, you know, leave my mark in some way Mm. Um, like she left on me. I think mm-hmm. um, that's really been my inspiration. And I also, mm-hmm. you know, there's been so many people that have inspired me. And I think it's always, always the people that are just doing things a little bit differently, you know, mm-hmm. and just going for it and not really caring about the nose, but just,
1: mm-hmm. keep,
2: you know, just keep trucking along anyway and knowing that, you know, they might have something cool going on. And yeah. I, I think those are the people that I just love following and love learning about and listening to.
0: It's fantastic, yeah. Well Deirdre, thank you so much for yes. uh, taking your time out to talk with us today and it's been great getting a chance to, to think about puppies and kittens and things like that mm. as as we're as we're talking, because that's I don't know about Kim, but that's all I've been thinking about, honestly. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, it's such a great service that you provide. Yeah, it really and is. I know that your other clients are probably just as as, as satisfied and thankful as we are for, yeah. for your service. So uh, I'll be sure to put your business uh, website and phone numbers and all that stuff in our show notes so that people can get a hold of you. And thank you once thank again. And we you again wish you great success here. adding new vets and, and, and your growth going into the rest of this year. Yes. Thank we you so
2: you- much. It was a pleasure.
0: Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.